Hello, Lioncook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lioncook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. And just before we begin, a friendly reminder that every Monday, a newsletter goes out. It is prep list items. It is written by myself. And every weekend, I spend some time to look at news in the food industry, items that I think you'd be interested in, gear I think you'd be interested in, and any other relevant topics or news pertaining to the industry or Lioncook Thoughts community. So if you go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email and subscribe button and hit subscribe, uh, you will be able to receive that newsletter every Monday morning. Also, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave a review. Uh, it helps me get growth and it helps me um, know what you all are thinking of the show. Uh, some two cool uh, points of note from the Spotify wrap this year. Obviously, Spotify is... I, I publish my podcast through Anchor, which is sponsored or supported through Spotify, I should say. And I get a Spotify rap for podcasters. Now, this is just on the Spotify app. But basically, 70% of people listening in Spotify, um, 70% of my listeners discovered me in 2023, which is pretty incredible uh, to see the growth on Spotify specifically. So thank you all for listening to this podcast. And internationally, outside of the United States... Uh, I had the most new listeners in Argentina, the Netherlands, India, Denmark, and Spain. So again, thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you for everyone listening across the world. It's been very cool to see the growth, uh, not only in the U.S., but outside of it, and just very, very interested in what is to come. And yes, so my guest today is Hanale Souza. She is the chef <laughs> content creator of a very, very popular Instagram, you might know as at Lady Line Cook. Uh, I do, do want to say Hanalei has been on the podcast before and having her back on was really just a treat and honor and I really do enjoy speaking with her. Her content is some of the most pure, some of the most funny, and just some of the most engaging content I think that's being created right now for cooks in the industry. And it shows by her community and by the growth she's seen on Instagram. Um, I don't, not just saying this because she's been a guest on the show. I do really, really love her content. She puts out such genuine and raw content for anyone in the food world. And I think she's just an advocate for cooks and advocate for people that love to cook. And she's just a window into what it means to be a cook, a chef, and someone um, in the food world that is going through it day in and day out. So I have a massive amount of respect for her, for what she does, and everything that she um, puts out online. So I think it's very interesting. You can go to at uh, Lady Line Cook on Instagram to follow along. Uh, you can go, can go to ladylinecook.com to go to her website. And she also has a memoir, which you can find at her website as well. She's done so much. So be sure to go uh, check out all of her work. In this podcast, we talk a lot about the idea of the old guard versus the new guard, uh, her methods of content creation, uh, what it, you know? Why the sous chef position is one of the most uh, difficult positions in the kitchen, and much, much more. So I really hope you uh, enjoy this podcast I did with Hanalei. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for another great year on Spotify. It's really been great, and Apple, and wherever else you listen to the podcast. I know some of you listen outside of those two platforms. And um, yeah, just really excited for this. I hope you all enjoy. And once again, Hanalei, thank you for coming on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
Welcome back to the show. If you want to reintroduce yourself to the audience, I think that'd be a good place to start. Yes, my name is Hanley Souza, but most people know of me as Lady Line Cook. Um, I make funny videos about chef life online, on Instagram, on TikTok, um, and I post tweets to every now and then. So I've been making kitchen content for about three years, um, and I've been in professional kitchens for about five years. And right now I am a sous chef in California. I don't get much more specific than that. And I also have a book out, a kitchen memoir titled Nice Work Boys. Yes, awesome. It's been very, very uh, fun and very, very cool to see your page grow at 53.6 thousand followers on Instagram. A lot of content shared, a lot of views, a lot of everything going on over on your Instagram. It's been really fun to kind of see your journey the last few years. I know when you came on, it was like focused on growing that, focused on making content. And um, yeah, it's been very cool to see. So congrats on all the growth you've experienced over the last, I think, year and a half since we've talked. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Of course. So um, going into kind of what's been going on with you, what are some uh, what are some of the more major content pieces you've been focused on recently? What are some of the things that have been top of mind for your audience? I've been, there have been a lot of things. I feel like I'm kind of trying to branch out a little bit and do kind of um, longer videos. I've been trying to do more like cooking videos, which is funny because my audience is unique because it's actually all chefs. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of people are making food videos on Instagram now where they're cooking and they're showing you a recipe. Um, mm-hmm. But my following is different because they're actually all professional chefs. I did a poll on my story once, 89% of my following. So that's what 40, over 40,000 people yeah. <laughs> have um, worked in a kitchen at some point in time in their life. So I feel like it's not like other chef pages where it's a lot of like, home cooks just looking for inspiration looking for videos it's like I have literally if I hold the knife wrong I'll have people like after me <laughs> which is kind of funny so I feel like it's definitely a step out of my comfort zone like I remember once I didn't caramelize the tomato puree enough and I got mm. ripped apart by several people like what do you mean you call yourself a chef and you don't caramelize your tomato puree I was like I forgot that ingredient so I put it in after like I know I'm supposed to do that or like I posted a risotto once and a bunch of people were like, your risotto looks dry. Like it's not in like a bad way. A lot of them are really constructive, but like they are professional chefs. And like, yeah. it's just kind of funny seeing that different dynamic. Cause I feel like everyone wants to make cooking videos online these days. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of, I have been doing some cooking videos, um, but I'm kind of picky about what kind of cooking videos I do. And like, I don't, I don't want my page to like become that, that was never my goal to have it be like a recipe page because I feel like there's enough of those. Yeah. Um, for me, my page has always been for professional chefs. Um, chances are, if you're following me, you know how to cook. Um, and if mm-hmm. you don't, like, you're totally welcome. And I try to post for like everyone and try to do like, I did a knife basics video once, but all I did was get torn apart for not <laughs> like, what are you like? This isn't, this isn't right. Like, cause everyone's so picky about that stuff. So it's just kind of funny. Like, why would you use a Japanese knife on a wooden board? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. funny though. Yeah. It's funny just seeing like, you have to know your audience when you're on Instagram. Like you have to know who the people are that are following you. And it's not like I only get ripped apart. I definitely get, I'll post a food video and like most of the people are like, wow, this looks really good. But like, it's funny. Cause I'll always get this. I'm like, yep, you guys are chefs. So it's different. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. Kind of on, yeah. That's kind of on the cooking video side of things. But I've also been trying to do these like leadership talks. Um, 
usually usually I'm like sitting in the car and like that's kind of been the style where like every now and then I'll have like leadership talks from the car I've done like probably like four or five of those um, where I talk for like a minute and a half about something that I learned recently about leadership so that's been really cool I usually get really good response on those because I think like I said a lot of my following they're already chefs they know how to braise beef they know how to cut an onion or whatever but like a lot of them are looking like a lot of people in my dms are like oh i want to be sous chef how do i become a sous chef like what's my yeah. next step so yeah no yeah. i've definitely noticed that more a lot from your like a lot of more from your content i i saw the other day maybe this is a week ago or maybe it was this week um you had posted a it was a video basically saying if you've worked less than five years in the industry like post some questions below so i thought that was really oh cool. yeah oh my god that one is my most commented video by like double <laughs> Really? That one is, I think it has almost 6,000 comments at this point. Wow. <laughs> Which is insane. Like, I think the second, the second most commented video has like 2,500. So it's like, that. I I knew it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to get a lot of comments on this, probably maybe a thousand or whatever, but I did not mm. expect to get, I literally, I can't, I wanted to answer. I usually answer all my comments. Like I try to do that, um, mm-hmm. but I could not with this. I'm still getting them. It was almost a month ago probably that i posted that it was really that long ago wow i think so it was like october yeah 361,000 views and then five thousand. yeah six yeah it's a lot of comments that's awesome they're all because a lot of people would go on there like experienced cooks and they would go and answer like 10 questions and like Mm -hmm. a bunch of people did that because they're really you know people are happy to talk about that people are happy to give advice and people yeah. are really respectful. Like out of six thousand comments, like I mean, I probably just didn't see them all, but I usually get at least a few negative ones. But I mean, the only negative ones were like this one guy was like, "How do I stop drinking?" And a bunch of people were like, "Haha, you don't stop drinking." I'm like, "Come on, guys! Like, encourage this guy <laughs> to stop drinking. Like, he has a problem. Like, hopefully he." I'm I'm still thinking about the guy. I'm like, I wonder if he got the help that he needed. But but then yeah. some a bunch of other people were saying like actually helpful things, like, "Oh, go to AA," or like. But people were like asking some deep questions and they're like, oh, when, do, when will I feel like I'm enough? Like, And then yeah. there are also some basic ones like, what knife should I get? It was all over the place, which is really cool to see. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'm reading kind of, I'm, there was one, if I could remember, it was basically just like, basically, uh, what I, this is a quote from David P. Kennedy on Instagram. A lot of great advice in this story, but there's one I'd like to add. I wish I had done this years ago, but every once in a while, just sit down and think about how much you've learned. And how much you've improved. And for fuck's sake, just be proud of yourself for a second. Everyone eventually feels stagnant or like they're stuck. But in reality, it's normally only a few weeks, maybe months. Don't let that shit get you down. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride and be happy with your progress. I thought that was good. That one's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, I mean, I've definitely felt that way in career and in media and whatnot. So it's definitely been interesting. This December will be my fifth year doing this. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like I've. Definitely this last year has been like, I've actually put out a good amount of podcasts, but um, more so with like the Instagram and stuff, it's been very like, it's very like, I would say less um, frequent I've been posting. So yeah. what, wondering if you've ever, if you felt that way with your content posting or whatnot, or um, have you ever felt stagnant in your um, creating now that you're a couple years in? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's always, I'll definitely go through seasons where like, I think that's part of it. I don't think I don't ever expect myself to like put out 
<laughs> you know, a video every other day or like, and it's like there are months when I do that and I'm like putting out video after video after video and people are like, wow, like how do you have time to do this? And I'm like, it's not always, mm-hmm. whenever I feel inspired, like I don't hold myself to a posting schedule or anything. So it's like, to me, like I'll be on a roll for a bit, but then I don't beat myself up when I don't. Cause usually it corresponds with how busy I am at work too. Like my priority is always like my real job in real life. So it's like, if I'm work, if I have a 70 hour work week because it's Thanksgiving or whatever, I'm not going to beat myself up and be like, Oh, but I didn't post an Instagram video. It's like, this will always come first. Like the, the real job. Mm. Um, but I always at least try to show up on stories. I always have like, even if all I'm doing is working, I'll like snap a picture of like me at work. Like I'll just be like, oh, look at our delivery that came in or like something funny. And those get the most story response because I feel like people relate to that on like a spiritual level. So I feel like, yeah, if you're not watching my stories, I feel like some sometimes you're missing out. Cause I, have, I probably haven't posted in like at least a week or no, maybe I, I posted a meme like last week, but I haven't made a, I feel like it's been a while since I like made a video when I feel like I was on a roll in September. I was like, yeah, like, let's go. I did my like Cambro partnership. And then I did like a fake tattoo video. And then like all these other funny ones, the health inspector one, like I was like on a roll. And now I'm like, it's okay that I'm focusing now more on like all the changes that are happening in my job at, in my real life. Like, I feel like your brain has a certain amount of capacity yeah. to it. So it's like, if, a certain aspect of your life is taking up more that your brain doesn't like for me I this is how I see it like your brain doesn't like expand in capacity you just shift your priorities a Mm. bit yeah that's kind of how I see it yeah that's how I felt too I've been doing it this is probably my heaviest uh writing year I've ever had a lot of free a lot of writing in different aspects for clients and different people and um podcasts has been the thing I've done the most consistently um, Instagram somewhat consistently. Um, I've also hit a point too in my in the Instagram, I think, where I'm a little bit tired of exposure. And I think my like line cook thoughts for me was always supposed to be where like I'm not front and center, but even like just like yeah, sharing everything. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not like a big camera guy. Like I tried the podcast with video and stuff, and I just know like, it's not for me for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Well, I always just watch or listen on the app, so I don't even. I know I probably never watch podcasts like videos. So I understand like it's a lot of work. Most people are like not even watching it. So no, but it is interesting. Like, at least for me, it was just, like the whole like media thing. Like, I, I feel like I was at a point where I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to be on every platform. And then it was like, no, I'm just going to focus on yeah. podcasts and Instagram. And like, those are my things. And I know you've talked about this. Um, you're still not on TikTok, correct? I got on TikTok like last month. You did get on TikTok. So that's okay. That's because, so I have been trying to focus on branching out um, without having to create more content besides what I already would do on Instagram. So it's been an interesting balance because I joined TikTok thinking I'd blow up immediately because I already have like hundreds of videos that I can just post each day, but it's not that simple. (laughs) And I found that like, I thought like, oh, I'll just post it on Instagram and then I'll have 50,000 TikTok followers by the end of the day. And it, it wasn't, I had to like, it was like starting from scratch again. Like the first day I had like 25 people come over from Instagram and then mm. like, then I had a viral video, but I didn't gain that many followers from it. Cause TikTok is very different. I feel like with Instagram, like you'll get a viral video and then you'll get like a huge spike in followers yeah. from that video. For TikTok, it's like, I got 2 million views on a video and it, I don't think I got 
barely any followers from it because people are just like I feel like on Instagram people are there to connect with the person that created the video and on TikTok I feel like it's you're just mindless like I'll watch other people scrolling I'm like you're not even watching the videos you're just it's a whole different world it's I don't I don't have any conversations in the DMs on TikTok like it's weird it's I'm not a huge fan yet um I've been like just posting all my content from like the last two years of making videos and seeing where it goes um, and I get some comments and stuff but I don't it doesn't feel like a community and like even when I had because I have 800 followers there now like when I had 800 followers on Instagram it still felt like a community so it's not even to do with like size but it's more like TikTok is just I feel like it's all bots <laughs> yeah no I feel you <laughs> that's how that I feel yeah Instagram I'm like I I recognize certain people's names and usernames that I see in my DMs a lot or in my comments a lot. And I feel like I know those people. Yeah, no, I, I hear yeah. you on that. I have the same thing where I, I definitely recognize and just see a lot of people that I've seen for years on Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how it felt for me. And I think that um, that was that's probably the biggest thing I loved about Instagram was like, and still do to an extent, but even with videos on Instagram, I feel like you kind of, you, you lose... Um, Maybe not the videos, but more so like that ability to scroll really quick. I miss Instagram videos being in feed and not having like a TikTok-ish feature. Yeah. Because I feel like that was, it just kind of stayed a little longer. Um, but what is nice about Instagram is like I follow you and your videos pop up for me first. So I do think Instagram does a very yeah. good job of keeping people's know, content who you like. The, so I don't know how the algorithm works because like. Well, yours, you, like yours are pretty involved on mine. So like. I think it does a good yeah. job where, like, if you liking, but on TikTok, I, I guess if you, yeah, if you're liking that person's videos, then it comes up on top. TikTok, like, as soon as I open the app, it's just like random people I don't know. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to see this. Like, what is this? Yeah, no, but it has been cool to see your community grow too. And I think, I mean, just from, from my personal page, I, before I came on, I just wanted to go and see. And like, I have, I think, 40 mutual friends from my personal Instagram that follow your content. Obviously, a lot of my mutual friends on Instagram are in the industry, but still it is very cool to see like how adopted your page has become and like how many people enjoy it. So it's It's cool. Cause I don't, I don't talk about where I live. I don't talk about like where I am locally, but even like locally, we had a new server start who worked at a different restaurant and she said, Oh yeah, yeah. My chef said that uh, I told her where I was working and my chef said that, that the sous chef there was TikTok famous. I'm like, okay, I don't know how they knew that. <laughs> I don't tell people where I work. Yeah. But so I guess it's within the local community too. Like if a couple people find out, they're like, oh, like you should follow the chef because she posts chefy stuff or whatever it is. So Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So you've been five years in the food industry. Yeah. Correct. I remember that you had just started a few years going in. So I think this is really interesting was I talking to Andrew Friedman? I had a conversation with him a few weeks ago about his new book. And we talked about this idea. And the same thing happened for me is where entering the industry, the path to leadership and management is a lot like quicker. So for me, I graduated college and I had a four-month period working as like a line cook. And then I went and did like a manager and training program for a restaurant group and then became a kitchen manager. And I was like 21 years old. And so it was like super quick. I wouldn't equate that to an executive chef of an independent restaurant when you have like restaurant groups are more structured, there's more structured in that, but there's still, you know, you still have that responsibility of 
invoices and ordering and prep schedules yeah, and all managing that people like yeah it's and it's all the same i feel like even if you're in mcdonald's like i still have respect <laughs> if you're a manager of a mcdonald's it's like you and i have a lot of the same struggles our ingredients might be different but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i was yeah. very lucky in having managed leaders above me gms and sometimes co-managers that were very helpful with all that but all that to say is i do find it interesting how the I think the barrier to getting into management is a little bit quicker. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's how I feel. That's how I've always felt about this industry. Um, And that's part of why I love this industry because I feel like you can go so far. I always talk about the barrier to entry. Like this is one of those industries where like, if you want to work hard and you want it, like you can go really far. You don't need schooling. Like you can get schooling. It can help maybe accelerate that or or help you but if you if you're like rags to riches you want like a good rags to riches story like you can literally start from like absolutely nothing like and then if you're working hard and you have that drive like you can go so far so that's yeah i'll always say that about this industry yeah and i think the need for leaders is also very important especially now um, I don't know if you saw this. I put this in my newsletter. Not if you saw my newsletter, but if you saw this news. But there's yeah. a National Restaurant Association put out basically numbers. I think it was in October or September that the um, pre-pandemic staffing levels were we were back to that. And then there was like a uh, revision last month that that was actually inaccurate, and we're still not back to pre-pandemic staffing. And so yeah. I do think that there is obviously a need for leaders in the industry and the need for more people in the food um, in food business as a whole. But it, I think that that's also a, going to be a big factor into the next generation coming into the food industry. I think that uh, I have this theory that I haven't fleshed out a lot, but I've, maybe that's a conversation we can talk about a little bit. I think that the ability for people to get into leadership roles quicker in the industry is a good thing. And I think it's more appealing to our next generation of cooks. I think there was a lot of I don't think you can ever replace experience in food. And I think, you know, I think we'd agree on that. But I do think that there, especially from mentors that I've talked to, there's a lot of people that simply weren't chefs or simply weren't made into like sous chefs because of time. And you might, your skill set might've been there, but the whole like paying your dues mentality was still very much a thing. I still think you have to pay your dues and experience, but I do think there's, there was always an artificial pay your dues thing in people's minds that held a lot of people back. So I think that this change has been better. What are your thoughts? I'm literally going through. So right now or yesterday and the day before I had these haters on my Instagram page talking about exactly this, because like I, I I even blasted them my story once, but uh, they were basically saying like, there was this one video that basically said that I've been in the kitchen five years and that's all they got from the video. (laughs) And they said like five years, like you're not allowed to be posting anything about being a chef on Instagram. Like you have no right posting this video on instagram about being being a quote-unquote chef like i know they're just handing out the sous chef title these days like you know just because you can put your apron on at home doesn't make you a chef like blah 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 blah. went on and on and on so many comments and then a bunch of my followers joined in and were like yo calm down like if you're doing a good job and you ha- you only have five days of experience i don't care like you're doing a good job for being five days in the industry like i literally don't care how long you've been in the industry like um but yeah, a bunch of people were hating on my video because I I said that, oh, I became a sous chef after only five years. And I think I'm like, they're in that, and the, uh, one of these guys with like 20 or 30 years of experience. So they're 
I feel like the generations and the mindsets were very different back then to where like five years back then was like just the beginning. It was probably a lot more competitive too. So it's probably like, okay, like you probably had four or five people gunning for sous chef out of all the line cooks, you know, and they could only pick one. And so the probably the most experienced person would probably become that sous chef. And now, like you're saying, I think like for me, when I became sous chef, I was the only one who wanted the job. Like, sure, I was with a lot of very good and very experienced and competent line cooks. Um, a lot of, they were all older than me. They were all men. Um, and, but none of them wanted to be sous chef. Like, I literally had one guy who's very good. Like, he would be, like, if I was a chef, I would want him as my sous chef. He's, he's like my right-hand guy. But he, like, he even went and got a different job as management. And then he came back um, to his current job just doing the line cook thing because he's like I don't want management like that's hard <laughs> it's not worth it and I was like I feel you man like I completely feel I totally understand that like and no one else in the kitchen it's not like right now I have contempt from people who want to be sous chef and aren't it's like everyone's happy where they're at I feel like the hourly wages keep going up and up and up which is a good thing um you know if you're a competent and good line cook and you have that experience you definitely deserve the pay that comes with that even if you're not going to be a leader um but there's just I feel like there's not and I've talked to, like I even mentioned I mentioned that on my story the other day and I said oh, maybe it's because I live in a small town and someone else said well no it's like that in a big city too I forget where they were but they were like it's like that everywhere so I feel like that's the thing that's changing because I think with the pandemic and a bunch of people leaving I think it was a lot of those like long-term people who are like, okay, I'm out, which I totally understand. Um, Cause I only started in restaurants in 2018. So like by the time the pandemic hit, I was like, well, no, I'm just getting started. Like I can't leave now. <laughs> so I stuck with it. Um, and I feel like those are the people that stuck with it. It's kind of the more, the more newer people, even now, like most of the people we hired don't have experience. Um, we hired a couple people with experience. Even that's like, whoa, like we're not used to this. We're not used to hiring people with experience. Like, what is this? But it's a good thing. I, I like training people who aren't experienced. I feel like those have been some of my best trainees, um, like people who don't have any experience. And I literally have to teach them like, this is what a pizza is. Like, this is a pizza dough. Like, this is how you shred cheese. Like, this is how you hold a knife. This is how you sharpen a knife. Like, this is how you stretch pizza dough. Like showing them that instead of having someone come in with like all this how they did it at their last place or like like we do it different here like bad habits or like oh they have a lot of experience working messy because no one corrected them at their last job so now like it's even harder <laughs> to yeah. train them out of that because they've had so much experience and I'm not saying that like I've hired people with experience who like it's great and they mm -hmm. have good habits and stuff but I enjoy training people who don't have experience yeah no I, I definitely I've been there I've definitely had that as a part of what you know, I've had to do as a chef manager when I was managing. Um, and yeah, I think that those are all really good points for me personally. Like that was a big reason why I had to leave the industry was restaurants in specific is when I was working in restaurants, when COVID hit, I really had no options. And for me, I went to into food manufacturing, um, and started to go into that realm. And for me, what was very, uh, I guess something that really drew me to it was the problem solving that was still that I felt in restaurants, but also the ability to 
keep learning, keep doing new things, um, and focus on like process. And I've really found my niche in that. Um, and so I think though, that something I recognized when I was in kitchens was there was almost this, um, turning of the tide of like people just getting into management positions quicker, getting more responsibility quicker. And so like you were saying, like those people on your Instagram, like saying all that, I think it's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of industries that would praise people being young and taking risks and taking the opportunity to do things. I think when you have people that are like hating or doubting on like a newer generation of cooks and like their leadership abilities, I just think it's a net negative for the industry as a whole. Because having leaders like you or people like you in the industry that are young, that want to that enjoy it, that want to keep it going, I think that's really important. You know, I think when I think of people like you in the industry that are leader leading and mentoring and like giving people advice, I think that's really important to have. Um, because when you have people that have been in it for twenty to thirty years and that are kind of bitter to it or don't want the next generation to succeed for whatever reason, then that doesn't really make sense to me. So yeah, hopefully, I, I mean, it seems I, I would hope that you know that. You know, those comments probably aren't useful, but um, yeah, I don't understand that. like that. Like to me, if I see someone go far in a short amount of time, I'm like, like good for them, right? Like they took even less time than me or like they got so far at such a young age. I'm like, that's like good for them versus other people thinking like, oh, like, well, well, obviously, like you haven't put in your time and like and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, I'm like, well, then what do you want? <laughs> it's like, what do you want? you won't if, if the thing is if i was five years in and still a line cook who didn't know all the stations like you'd probably hate me for that like wow five years and you're still working grill like yeah it's like you can't win no yeah. no but um yeah so i i think that's been really cool to watch and so going back to your content and kind of what you've been posting i think those are all really interesting things um I also really appreciate just like how candid and open you've been with your process, with learning, with growing um, and everything else in between. Do you, uh, for yourself, what do you think, because I think a lot of cooks still, or a lot of leaders obviously operate on some sort of um, ego. I think ego is an issue in the kitchen. I I struggle with my ego. I know it's always something that I have to keep in check. Um, But for you, you share so openly with your audience, the struggles, the growing pains of, Becoming a sous chef, becoming a chef, with leading, like being a leader. Do you think that's because you entered the industry, um, kind of, you know, you've been in it five years, but you had some time to develop a skill sets out uh, elsewhere, and you've realized that that's not really a, like a helpful thing to carry on. Or what do you think about you allows you to be able to just be so open and not really have your ego hold you back from sharing useful information to others? I think to me, like on social I was never a social media girl like if you mm-hmm. told me four years ago like hey by the way you have 50,000 Instagram followers I'd be like no I don't like what do you mean I'm just the yeah, shy remember you telling me like I'm you wanted to like just post girl. memes and like, stuff yeah <laughs> I didn't like yeah. the first eight months of having Instagram I didn't show my face I just posted me yeah um and I I'm not like I know a lot of people nowadays are starting Instagram because they want to be influencers. Like that's their goal. Like they want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Like that's a legitimate yeah. source of income. Like yeah. you go you if like you can do that and turn it into a business. Um, but I feel like so hard right now. I was never. I was like, and I've made satire videos. Like I did a get. I did a get ready with me spoof, like a satire video <laughs> the other day, where I was like, get ready with me, and like kind of made fun of those people who are like because I was like scrolling through Instagram and I saw these people who are like doing that but serious and I was like really like these people exist like 
yeah. it's like I'm not like shaming them, but I just like to poke fun at cliches sometimes. But um, yeah, I was I'm like the anti Instagram girl. Like I'm not the person <laughs> that ever set out to like be an influencer or like any of that stuff. I just wanted to mm-hmm. post chef memes. Like I just could not find any content out there at the time. Now there's a lot more. I feel like there's a lot of accounts doing similar, like talking about being a chef or being a online cook. Um, but when I started in 2020, like I was looking and looking and looking and like there was no accounts that were doing what I was doing. So I was like, well, I guess I got to make some chef memes and make some videos about the life of a line cook. So let's do this. Um, so I feel like that's to like to me, like I know the whole social media is a highlight reel thing. Like that's I've always been very aware of that. Like I personally have not tried or tried not to get caught in that trap of like you're comparing your real life to their what they post on Instagram, their highlight reel. And so I feel like I've always been aware of that. So I don't enjoy following those accounts that are like my perfect Christmas family picture. And then (laughs) look at, look at this perfect food that I cooked. Look at, look at my get ready with me routine. And like, everything's perfect. Look at a selfie of me smiling. Like, I don't want to follow that. Like, and I feel like there's that shift on, on social media where a lot of people are agreeing with that. Like, I don't want to see that. Like people are waking up to like, they don't care like how perfectly curated your feed is or how perfect your Christmas tree is or whatever. Like they just want to see, they just want to see something that they can relate to. So that's always been my goal on social media is like, I'm going to talk about how hard it is like going from no experience, no schooling to, to sous chef, like everything, like every way that I failed, every you know, when I put 24 New York strips in the oven and forgot about it, like, I'm going to tell you that story because like, if I didn't, there's going to be someone out there who, you know, overcooked one steak and is beating themselves up. And then they go on Instagram and, and open my video and it says, I overcooked 30 New York strips for a party and there's no more New York strip at house. So I had to cut off the ends of a bunch of ribeyes. Like, it like, then they'll feel better about themselves because like, they're like, okay, look, she messed up too and like she's supposed to be the voice of chefs on Instagram and then she made this big mistake recently so it's like I that's my goal with my content to like make people feel less alone about like oh you're crying in the walk-in I've been there too like my executive chef told me that he cried in the walk-in like when he was first promoted to sous chef and like the amount that that like I still remember when he told me that because I was like I felt bad for like crying in the walk-in or whatever and he's like hey I I did that too. <laughs> like, and it's, so it's like, yeah, I, that's always been my goal with the content is like not to make people feel like when they're comparing themselves, like, Oh, like, wow. Like she's so much better. Or this or that. I'm like, no, I want you to see, like, we're all in this struggle together. Like this is a hard job to be in. Yeah. No, I, gosh, you reminded me of a, this was in 2018. I was, cooking with my chef and it was new year's eve and i had one job and it was to not burn the lobster bisque (laughs) and sure enough out of all my prep and everything um he comes over and he like tastes the bisque and he's like this tastes burnt and we like went to the bottom of the pot and of course it was all scalded and stuff and you just you just you just struck that core memory i mean it's so funny how you don't forget those things oh um yeah no i uh i think that's that's important to share though. Actually, that was actually one of my, it's not available now because audio was so poor that you could barely kind of hear me talking. And I talked in a very monotone voice, very quietly um, when I first started podcasting, but I think my 
fourth episode was called Lobster Bisque, and it was based off of me burning the bisque and me talking about yeah. why that was so stupid to do. Um, but no, it's funny. Um, yeah, so going into you being a sous chef, when I got into kitchen management, I knew that, especially the kind I did, I knew, I mean, I was very, it was very cool to be in a restaurant group where I was prep, you know, butchering um, like fish every morning and smoking like fish and butchering proteins and getting stuff ready. But it was very much management. It was very focused on food costs, very focused on uh, scheduling, on invoice tracking, on uh, prep lists and pars and all this and leading service. Um, so for me, it was very, very much like, what I had thought was like, oh, I'm going to cook a ton. It went to like everything else, but it felt like cooking. Besides some major prep items in the morning, it was so much about like managing a team and whatnot. Um, you're in a role of sous chef, which is an interesting role. In my experience, obviously, the sous chef in a you know regular restaurant cooks a ton, but you also have a lot of responsibilities on your shoulders, whether it be helping with ordering, managing, scheduling, stuff like that. What has it been like for you to be a sous chef? Has it lived up to your expectations? Has it been more so of something that you didn't even realize and are you do you enjoy the position overall so there's this quote by michael gibney who's the author of the book titled sous chef i don't know if you read that book Um, i did i read it and i did a book review like a while ago on my page but i did like a Mm -hmm. i read it i remember that yeah it was it was over a year ago um but but I'll always remember this. I can't remember it word for word, but it's something like when you're a sous chef, you have to work as hard as the line cooks because they don't want to see you like not not doing the same grind that they're doing every day. But you're also kind of like a bit like the executive chef because you have a lot of the same powers that the executive chef does. Honestly, like if the executive chef's not there, like I'm I do everything that he does if, if it's a day off or vacation or whatever. So it's like, but you're a line cook too. But you're also an executive chef. So it's like, I think the quote was something like, it's the hardest you'll ever work in your career when you're a sous chef, because you're kind of in the middle between those things. I related to that quote so hard. I'm sure I'll, I'll find it and, and send it over because I like screenshot it and saved it because I was like, this is my life. Um, but that's basically what it is, because like, especially I feel like when you're promoted from within, like your line cooks see you as one of them every day in your day to day, you're coming in, you're setting up your station, you're doing all the dirty work. You're, you're there when they're in the weeds, like you're there, you're setting up the line. And then one day it's like, you're their boss, but they still in their mind, you are that opening line cook or closing line cook, like whatever you were before. So you're kind of balancing this, like, okay, like I do need to have their respect, but I also can't do it all. So I need to learn how to delegate things while also not overloading myself, while also making sure I do the schedule and making sure I place the orders and making sure I and making sure I um, do the invoices and making sure I do everything. But like also I'm there to like, oh, like they need this prepped on the fly and I'm the only one who knows how to do it. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to do that thing or they're in the weeds. I'm going to go on the line and dig them out of the weeds. Like it's, such a balance um which is why I end up working so many hours some days and sometimes that just is the solution you just have to pull a long day I don't think it's sustainable if like every day is super long but some days it's like you're it's a busy Friday and you're on the line and you're putting away deliveries and you're managing the whole kitchen for 13 hours and then you get off your shift and you're like oh yeah I have to do invoices before tomorrow so you stay for another two hours to do to do those because all those things that you did that day, like had to get done. There was no, 
oh, I can just leave it. Oh, I can just not butcher fillets today and 86 it. Like I can do that. You can't leave it till tomorrow. It's not like an office job where like, if you don't do it today, most office, most things aren't that urgent. You can do it tomorrow, but it's like, if they're like, we're out of fillet, you can't just be like, okay, we'll just 86 it tonight and I'll do it tomorrow. It's like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But that, I feel like that's why I like, I like this job because of that. I feel like, because you're actually, you're in a leadership role, but you're still doing something with your hands. You're not just like, and I know there are clipboard chefs out there. And to me, like, I don't ever see myself being that because I naturally like physically can't, like, I feel bad enough now just walking around making the prep list because I'm like walking around with the clipboard and other people are like working, but I'm like, well, I have to make the prep list. I can't just not have a prep list tomorrow. So like, and they understand, but I also just internally, I think I have a section in my book where I talk about the clipboard and like what that represented to me and like why I was so hesitant to walk around with the clipboard and why I hated walking around with the clipboard and all that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely can see why. Um, but obviously it's been, it's always for you, whatever systems work best for you, obviously are good. Um, but yeah, there are, there's that idea of like going up from being a cook to being a chef. I think that was important for me. That was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got when I started my manager and training program. Um, my boss of that time told me, he said, the only way these guys will respect you, they've been working here for like 25, 30 yeah. years at these restaurants, some of them. The only way they'll respect you is if you work hard. Yeah. And I think. I'd like to think that like the reason why I was able to do so well with them was because I, you know, I didn't know as much as everyone. I definitely wasn't as skilled as the guys on the line, but I worked hard and um, worked like as diligent as they did on everything. And I think that shows. Um, and I think that for me, that was always important. Yeah. And also just like the small things when you walk in saying hi to everyone, yeah. um, asking how everyone's doing, um, be, giving space to actually listen to how everyone's doing. Um, so that's all that is really, really important. Yeah. Uh, and so for you now, I mean, you have so much going on, obviously sous chef role, a lot of things going on, a lot of things in your personal life with, um, with Instagram and content creation. How do you envision the next like five years? And I know that's such a cliche (laughs) question, but it's, it's, I don't think it's cliche for you because you have a a two sides. I feel like to your life, you have your professional side, which is going well, then you have in the kitchen and then you have your professional side outside of the kitchen. Um, is there a goal for you of, um, balance between both is there a goal one way or the other or are you are you very are you happy with the balance you have right now yeah I don't I don't like the five-year not not to like say oh I don't like that question but uh, if you'd asked me five years ago what where I saw myself in five years like five years ago I was at my first kitchen job um, but I was still working in the ski industry in the winters because I wanted to do that and I was I remember thinking like oh I don't think I want to be a chef like I think I just want to do that in the summers to like pass the time and then work at the ski resort and eventually find a year round ski resort job. Um, that's probably what I would have told you five years ago. So, and I didn't have Instagram, like that wouldn't have even been on my radar. <laughs> like, so I was like, so now when I think five years from now, I've kind of had that same mindset of like, I have no idea where I'm going to be. <laughs> I, I'd like to say that I'd still be in the kitchen. Um, hopefully as an executive chef of somewhere, maybe my own place, maybe not. Maybe I move out of where I am and I'm in somewhere completely different. We never know. Um, so I like to keep that question open um, because five years ago, I wouldn't have said in the kitchen, like I would have said, oh, I hope I stay. I'm still doing ski area mountain ops. Like I hope I'm 
on my way to being a ski area general manager, like something like that. Um, so yeah, I feel like I like to just leave it open. And all I know is like, whatever I'm doing, I like to work with my hands. I like to actually create, um, and just keep moving up and up and not stay stagnant, I guess would be my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. Are you, um, are you pretty happy though with where you're at now? Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so for sure. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel like some days, like especially going on, on a vacation to like London and these kind of like food cities in Paris. And I had this feeling of like, man, what would my career be if I lived in a real like big city? How much farther can I go? Mm -hmm. But I think I like the little ski town where I'm at. Like I can snowboard every day. I can, I, there's no traffic. Like, so it's, you can't have it yeah. all, but I'm not saying that I would never mm -hmm. move to a city. I kind of like, I don't hate city life. Like, well, I grew up near San Francisco and you know, mm -hmm. it's not that bad. Like I would do that life again. It's not like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm never going back to a city. It's like, that's not completely out of the question, Yeah, but I like where I'm at. Like I realized some on some of those days, I'm like, man, like I wish like I was in a culinary city where I could actually like excel and work in a fine dining or like right now there's no options. Like if I wanted to work Michelin star, if I wanted to work fine dining, I would have to move like really mm -hmm. far away. So I'm like, can't, you just can't have it all. So you got to pick, yeah. pick what you want. You can't be like, well, I want to be in a city and snowboard every day and never be in traffic and go out in nature and mountain bike in the summer and go to the <laughs> lake. It's like, <laughs> you can't have it all. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I feel that way too. Being content though. Um, Content, but not like uh, settling. Yeah, stagnant, yeah. I, I guess. think you can be content. Yeah, not you can settling. be content with where you're at, and want more without like mm -hmm. being unhappy with where you're at and being like, I can't wait to get out of this position. I can't wait to like get out of sous chef and be executive chef. I can't wait to like stop working for someone else. Like it's good to have those goals, but it's you. You can still also like be happy mm -hmm. where you're at. Yeah, I think I've learned that too. Is like because I think at least for me personally, if I don't ever put a check on myself of uh, always pushing for the next thing or I'll, I'll never enjoy kind of what's in front of me. And I know that's also cliche, but I really am that type of personality where if I don't stop myself and be like, Hey, be have some gratitude for where you're at and be content with some of the things in your life then I won't enjoy them at all. And I'll just keep pushing forward. And then it's like, what is the point of it all? Um, but yeah, I do, you know, I do resonate with that, what you were saying. I do think if you're not happy with your situation, then obviously, like, I hate that advice where it's like, oh, just be grateful wherever you're at in life. Like, you should be obviously grateful that you're in certain spots in your life. But I do think there's a lot, a lot of argument for some people where they want to be somewhere different. And I do agree with that as well. Um, but I do think, like, stopping to be content in good times is important. Or in times where you're okay, in times where you feel like you're fulfilling things. So... Um, I, I think that's cool to hear yeah. on your end. Um, and then for me, uh, I guess also just like looking at your content, looking how you've um, maneuvered over the last few years, as we get into 2024, a big topic that has come up is uh, technology, is AI, is stuff like that. Also sentiment of trying to get staff back up to or from pre-pandemic levels. I think for me, post COVID, there was a lack, there was a, a loss of the enthusiasm of cooking for a lot of people, and for good reason, yeah. obviously. I think a lot of things were made bare in the industry and whatnot. 
as we go into 2024 and 2023, what is for you? How, what's the temperature check been for you with your audience and with the people you've encountered? How do you feel like people view the industry right now? How do you feel people view cooking right now? It's half and half because I definitely get plenty of comments yeah. that they aren't hating on me, but they're like, wow, this is such a garbage industry. Like, get out right now. Like, especially on that one video that we were talking about where it's like, where it had over 5,000 comments like asking questions or giving advice and a significant amount of people said, leave, <laughs> like run, like don't. And I totally understand that sentiment though. And then when I made a video making fun of like basically the old school people who make fun of you for taking a break, <laughs> there were a couple old school people in the comments who were like mad about that video where it's like, you guys don't know hard work. Like, so there's, there's a, there's still plenty of that old school mentality where it's like, you just got to grind it out. And then there's the opposite where it's like, get out of the industry right now. It's toxic. Don't work more than 40 hours. Like don't work more than eight hours a day. Leave at your eight hours. I don't care if you're in the middle of something like you're on salary. You need to leave after eight hours. Exactly. On the dot. Like people tell me that, um, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am if that was my mindset. I'm just, I'll just say that like, but there's also a balance because like, if you're working 80 hours a week on salary, you're doing, you're making like not even minimum wage hourly. So you have to balance it where you're like, I'm going to get my things done, but I'm not going to let them take advantage of me. So I, I feel like there's not a lot of that in the middle. Like everyone's on one side or the other, where they're like old school or really new school. But that's, that's one of my goals with my content is like, I'm in the middle. Like there is a balance. So, and like, cause I get critics from both sides. One in the same day, I'll get a message of like, I can't believe they would let you take advantage of you. Like, like I could post on my story, like, oh, I worked 13 hours today, or what's just an example. Like, I could post that on my story. And on the same day, I would get, well, I can't believe you would let them take advantage of you. Like, you need to make sure that they don't work you too much, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, on the other side, we there'll be someone be like, heck yeah, like, respect the grind. Like, I did 15 hours today. Like, I'm with you on that. So it's like, there's people from both sides, and they both have valid points. So, like, Let's me in the middle and like there is I feel like there is a middle ground and like there is balance so that's one of my goals with my content is like I'm kind of I mean technically I am new school like being the age that I am like being 26 like you are new school like that's basically Gen Z but also like I have a little bit of that <clears throat> like old school like yeah if you need to be there for 14 hours to get your job done then like I'm staying to get my job done like I'll do that. So it's like a bit of both. Mm -hmm. No, I feel that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of the same way. And obviously, I don't work in restaurants now. Currently, um, I do have a full time job that isn't line cook thoughts. Yeah. Um, obviously, that I work at. But after after my job, I, I do a lot. I do the line cook thoughts, do the writing. Um, so like, I, I work a lot during the week. It's in different forms, I think. And like, I'm okay with that. It's obviously what I like to do. So I think it's like your appetite for that and your appetite for what that work is. But um, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. And I think that there it is, there is a blend. There is a blend of like, you know, if you take on management role, like you will, there will be more expected of you and it shouldn't lead to you being there 80 hours a week and yeah. working 14 hours yeah. a day every day. Then that's, but, a that's systemic kind of problem was versus started, like, oh, but. three people called out today. So I need to stay late today. Yeah. But it's different than like, oh, they just want to save labor. So they're going to work the salaried people 80 hours a week, whatever. Like there's, there's seasons for everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, but that's a good point. And I just, I was interested in that because for me, like I've, I've definitely noticed, like I've 
I mean, 2019, 2018, 2019, early 2020, uh, even in 2020, I, I mean, I, I, how I share my content on Instagram is I message my followers and I ask them why they like to cook, what got them in the industry. And I feel like as the years have gone on, like I still get obviously people that share, but um, it hasn't been as enthusiastic. And if it has been enthusiastic, there's always more caveats or more things to work on, which I think is always good to share. Um, but the tone definitely has been like, you know, what, what more so what's next out of the industry or wh- where we can get better. Um, and I, I've talked to a lot of people that are uh, not, uh, not, I guess, it, it's not where it needs to be yet, I guess. So for me, that that's definitely the tone. And I think there's obviously a lot of valid criticism for the restaurant industry, uh, being someone who um, definitely has talked about it for a couple of years now. But um, yeah, I, I find it interesting. So thanks for sharing at least a temperature yeah. in the room for your audience on the on the restaurant industry as a whole. Um, for you, any any uh, it, those, that's kind of the list of things I wanted to discuss. Anything on your mind? Anything? coming up for you anything you're excited about or any topics that you wanted to touch yeah on? i mean i'm not going to say too much but changes changes happening in my outside of instagram professional life um hopefully i'll get to post about it soon um but yeah just taking on more at the at the current place where i'm at um and just a lot of there's still a lot of growth to be had like i i i get bored at a job if there's like, okay, I've learned everything. and But that's why I love this industry because I don't think any chef, unless you have a huge ego and you're full of yourself, you're not going to say, I've learned everything. And that's why I love this job in this industry is like, I don't think I'll ever get to that point. And if I do feel like that, I'm going to check myself and be like, no, <laughs> you don't know everything. Like, let's, let's see what's next. Like, how can you make this food even better? Like, how can you make food costs even better? How can you manage your staff even better? Like yeah mm-hmm. awesome well, well thank you for taking the time to kind of discuss everything um and thanks for always being open and uh yeah really really enjoying the content um a lot of my friends follow and enjoy it so just thanks for all you do and um yeah i'll put the links to your site your socials below and uh hopefully you all go listen but um yeah, thank you so much you. for coming on the show So there you have my interview with Hanalei Souza, a.k.a. Lady Line Cook. Thank you all again for listening to this podcast, and thank you for tuning in every week. Uh, next podcast will be a, a recap of five years of this brand of Line Cook Thoughts. Uh, very interested and very excited to go over it. Uh, just giving you my thoughts, my breakdowns, lessons learned, things I've discovered, and kind of the recap of where we've been five years in. I think I owe the podcast audience and the podcast itself a kind of um, history recap on where I've been, where the podcast has been, and whatnot. Um, a lot planned for 2024, a lot going on. It's been a little bit busy. I took a, some weeks of vacation. I took a week off to go see family. So podcast has been a little bit distant, but um, a lot more planned for 2024. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to this interview, and I will see you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast.